Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Wednesday. This is our preview show. we got to talk about the California Golden Bears coming down to the Coliseum Saturday night. It's going to be an interesting one. Homecoming for USC. Important game for both teams. And we want to preview it uh, with our friend Shannon Carroll. Follow her on Twitter at B-Y-S Carroll, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. She is uh, the publisher of BearTerritory.net. Been t- took over for the uh, Ryan Gorsey, who we we love, but Shannon's uh, doing a great job up there, it's, uh, filling in for for Ryan and uh, making this her own site. So it's been really cool to watch her her develop over the last few months or so. Shannon, thanks so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you uh, spending some time. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's uh, we always we talked to I knew Gorsey for years and years. Uh, it's fun to see him on Twitter, like. <laughs> he always loved baseball anyway, so he's just like tweeting about baseball. But uh, did you see him uh, him competing in the uh, baseball alumni game at Cal? I did not see that. No. Uh, yeah, he was, he was posting about that on Twitter and seemed quite quite happy doing that. Oh, very nice. So he, wait, he was participating in the baseball game. He was, yeah, he said uh, that after about ten years, I guess they considered that. Uh, he could was kind of an alumni of the the team, so he he had an at bat at least. Wow, that's pretty cool. I, I did not think he played baseball there at Cal. I, maybe I'm mistaken. No. Okay, um, no. but he, no, that's his passion. He loves yeah. he loves the baseball. He would live tweet, you know, baseball games, balls and strikes and stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, bro, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to mute you or something. I just can't do this. But uh, so you know, welcome to the 24 seven sports family, Shannon. We we talked to you at the beginning of the year for our podcast of champions and. Uh, talk to you off air. Hopefully, seems like it's been going pretty good so far. Your first year covering the team. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun team to be around. There, it's it's an interesting group, and just being here because I I went to Cal, so and I covered the team for the school newspaper when I was there, and that was when Sonny Dykes was the head coach. And being here now with Justin Wilcox as the head coach, it just it's fascinating to me just to see how different the program is now. Yeah, it's. Uh it seems like it's evolved with uh, Justin Wilcox. And, you know, whenever you hire someone, USC's done this, you hire a first-time head coach, you don't really know what to expect. I liked right. the way Wilcox went about it, bringing in, you know, someone I know in Tim DeRuiter, who was right. the head coach at Fresno State. Uh, he's doing a really good job at the defense. And then awesome. Bo Baldwin, who was a head coach as well, um, you know, on the offensive side. So I like that, that he brought in a lot of experience. It seems like he's put together a really good staff and that's helped him as a, a young head coach. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that just is so interesting about what he's done is he really has changed the culture around the football team. Just he talks about accountability. So if you hear the guys on the football team talking, that means that you're not wearing hats in meeting rooms. You're not ever without your water bottle. You are always cleaning up after yourself. And they said that that even goes to Coach Wilcox, who will be there and is wiping down tables after lunch or whatnot. Um, And when Cal was in that really rough three game losing stretch, 
I was talking to a couple of the players and they both said, yeah, this team doesn't have any quit, unlike what you might have seen from this group a couple of years ago, kind of referencing the previous era with with the former head coach. So it just it really does feel like this team believes in itself. And I think even when you look at the games against both Washington and Washington State, where Cal is coming in as the underdog, even at home. And after both games, I mean, one they won, one they lost. They were saying that we expect to win. And so it just it's very different hearing such a confident group in Berkeley. Um, want to talk about this team overall, <clears throat> excuse me, five and four, uh, just two and four. Uh, in conference, you know, looked like a pretty good BYU win early North Carolina. I mean, those teams are, aren't great, uh, right. Idaho state, but, um, you know, starting off 0 three in conference play was able to, to come back and win a couple. And obviously the, the big win against Washington without scoring offensive touchdown and then Washington yeah. state last week coming close. And, yeah. um, but it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a little bit rocky, but just looking at this team, do you feel like they've kind of evolved from the, you know, from what you saw at the beginning to what you're seeing now? I definitely do think they have. And I think a lot of that has just been this stellar play by the defense. I think, you know, on offense, it's been really hard for them to evolve because there have been so many questions and changes. Um, coming out of fall camp, everyone was talking about Ross Bowers. Ross Bowers is great. Ross Bowers is going to do this. Um, and then we've kind of heard reports that he injured his hand on the final day of fall camp and as a result hasn't been seen like this week he wasn't even on the depth chart as QB three which is the first time he hadn't been on the depth chart um and so they've just been fluctuating as Brandon McElwain the quarterback is Chase Garbers the quarterback are both of them the quarterback and I think that that question has really hurt this team I think if you kind of look at the games that they've lost a lot of them did come as a result of poor quarterback decisions, and in particular, McElwain throwing costly interceptions, fumbling the ball, and I think it just it's it's kind of hard to evolve with the offense when no one is really sure what the offense's identity is at this point. Yeah, that's the, you know I wanted to talk about each position group. The, the offense yeah. is what baffles me because it was it seemed, <laughs> it seemed like a three person. I thought he was. Didn't Ross Bowers play early in the season? Wasn't he played the very first game, first half, and then didn't come back? Okay, so we we were just assuming that he was benched or he wasn't as good as the other two guys. So if you don't know, so there was a three headed whatever quarterback. They played three quarterbacks in the opener: Ross Bowers, uh, Brandon McElwain, who transferred in from South Carolina, more of an athletic quarterback, and then Chase Garbers, um, who's who can run too, but he's you know more like the pocket guy. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, Ross, we thought it would win the job and then it, it, it was three and then it became two and Ross wasn't involved. You know, Bowers wasn't involved in that, but now yeah. you believe it's some sort of, sort of injury. I always thought it had to have been some sort of injury. And I kind of felt like one of those conspiracy nuts because I was going out and I was like, there's no way Bowers wouldn't be starting if he wasn't injured. It just makes zero sense to me. And the coaches have been very kind of weirdly tight-lipped about everything and their policy now is that they're not announcing any injuries unless they're season ending um but just there i was talking to someone and it does kind of sound like there had to have been some sort of injury something that went weirdly just because it makes no sense otherwise and it does 
I think it was a thumb injury or was it some injury to a finger on what I believe was his throwing hand. Okay. Um, so that would explain at least him not being around. I, that, that right. kind of baffled me from the beginning. Right. And again, you, I can't really get any confirmation on this because no one is, is willing to talk about it, but that's kind of what I've heard around the water cooler. Okay. So that explains at least one part of the, this is a whole <laughs> crazy thing. This is what I don't get. I've tweeted about it. Brandon McIlwain has eight interceptions. Yep. Um, I think it's five fumbles. Yeah. And, and one passing touchdown. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Bo Baldwin, Justin Wilcox, they keep rolling them out there and not even just, and I, you know, I tweeted this during the game. The, so it's tied. So Washington state and uh, Cal tied at 13 in the fourth quarter on the road. So the Washington state defense is playing great. The only touchdown they had scored uh, was a uh, uh, big number 99. What's his name? Um, Malik McMorris. Malik McMorris. Yeah. So he's a defensive tackle, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So the last two touchdowns Cal scored, so they haven't scored an offensive touchdown since week eight against Oregon State. Um, but the defense is keeping them in it. And for whatever reason, they keep throwing McIlwain in there. Like, Garbers will get the team rolling. And then they put McIlwain in, in the middle of a drive. And it, like, every single time would stall the drive or a turnover would happen. And I think I was tweeting, like, Michael Lev tweeted about it. And yeah. uh, and I, I tweeted, I'm like, it's almost like Cal wants to get more turnovers. And within <laughs> right. a minute in the fourth quarter... It was a it was a Chase Garber's interception, like pick six or oh no wait uh, no no it was no there was the it was McElwain throwing the interception in the end zone in the fourth yeah. quarter. So Garber's yeah. got him all the way down to like the twenty, and McElwain yeah. threw it. And earlier in the game, it's like uh, they put McElwain in on first down. He got it to like third and eleven, and then they put Garber's in for for the third and eleven play, and he ends up throwing like a pick six or something. I mean, it was just like it just seems to screw up the flow of the offense every time. And I'm like baffled by, it. I'm like, what are they doing? It, it, it seems like the most obvious thing is just don't put that guy in, but they I keep doing it. You were not the only one baffled by any of okay. that. Okay. I don't mean to be this passionate about it, but like I, when we do our picks, <laughs> we do our picks and I picked like, this was the game we had different. I picked Cal, David Woods yeah. picked, and we, you know, Cal ended up covering. So I won, but I was just right. like, what are they doing? Like, this is baffling. <laughs> no. And it's, it's hard because you know, you asked when Wilcox was asked about it after the game, he was talking about how they're trying to find some sort of dynamic spark, something explosive. And if you look at the team as a whole, the most athletic, explosive guy on offense is Brandon McAway. Um, He's this incredible athlete, fast, but he just he hasn't been able to to hold on to the ball enough to justify bringing him in and that's I was at practice on Monday and I was talking to to coach Wilcox and I said you talked about needing that explosiveness and my goodness does that team offense need some explosiveness but other than McIlwain how can you do that he was kind of you know like well we don't really know that's the problem because it's not one play drumming something up um and I'd asked if they were going to continue with the two quarterback rotation going forward and Wilcox he'll talk but he's also not gonna say anything to to let you really know what he's thinking yeah so the answer I got was Chase is the starter 
uh, we'll see kind of as we go along. And the fact that Chase is the starter, it was reinforced when the depth chart came out yesterday because previously there had been an and listed at the quarterback position. So it was Garbers and McElwain. This week there is no and. It is just Chase Garbers as the starter. Interesting. Well, you look at the – I mean, Garbers ran. He had 11 attempts for 67 yards. He averaged yeah. six yards a rush. McElwain had six attempts minus two right. yards. Like, yeah. I mean – the the offense was fine. Like you could have won the game right. if you only played Chase Garbers. Cal wins that game. Like I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not even it, uh, no question saying that. <laughs> and that's not just the case where I feel like against Washington State, I feel like Cal, if they just held on to the ball, this team could have been seven and one, six and two at this point. I mean, the loss to Arizona, late turnovers. I mean, ton of turnovers by McElwain in that game. Um, Cal wasn't down by that much against UCLA until all of a sudden second half turnovers start coming up. Um, and so you're looking at it and it just, it's kind of confusing because, you know, and, and I hate knocking on these college students because they are still young and I hate like crushing them, but McElwain lost Cal a lot of those games. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, and that you, you know, it is. We cover college kids. You don't want to, yeah. uh, but that's, that's, that's real. Like that's, if, if, if he's not in the game, no. um, you're winning some of these. You know, when, and I think part of the problem is this is a really good, uh, really good Cal defense. Like it might be, um, you know, the best in the conference. Uh, yeah. And one of the issues is they're put in a lot of bad spots. And our buddy Bruce Feldman had an interesting stat that he, uh, tweeted out today. Um, so this season he said Cal gave up. Uh, so right now Cal's defense ranks 31, the FBS and scoring defense, 21.9 points a game. But he said yeah. they're a little misleading because they've given up 42 points coming off their own turnovers. So if you take those out, the bears, you know, it's basically against the bears offense. The right. defense is really only allowing 17.2 points per pack, you know, per game, which is yeah. the best in the Pac-12, and that would be top, you know, number 13 in the country. Yeah, and they've also had three interceptions returned for touchdowns. Yeah, and the error he pointed out the Arizona game that they were winning yeah. 11 to four, uh, 14 to 10. Mm -hmm. They didn't allow a point in the second half and still lost yep. 24 to 17. Yep. So like the defense is doing way more than their share uh, of the heavy lifting for this team. This defense really feels special somehow. And I think that is a lot to do with, with coach Wilcox being a defensive guy. They've got one heck of a coordinator in Tim DeRuiter. He's been exceptional. And then the guys they have, the rest of the guys, I mean, the defensive line's been pretty good. Um, but then you're looking at the inside linebackers and Evan Weaver and Jordan Kunashik are playing out of their minds. And then the secondary, and that's coached by, by Peter Sermon. And then the secondary, which is coached by Gerald Alexander, is really fun to watch. Just, they're a blast. And I actually want to just like be friends with Coach Alexander just because he's <laughs> the swaggiest guy I've ever seen. And it's just so fun to talk to. Um, but it just, it's a good group. They are, they're very, very, very lucky to have such good coaches around them. The, uh, yeah, the, the factor with, you you know, talking about, um, Justin Wilcox, uh, mm -hmm. Peter Sermon, all these guys that worked at USC yeah <laughs> and, uh, and you know, Clay Helton ended up like cleaning house with a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Kelsey, uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that was for us. 
Uh, I'm curious though, if that's going to be any sort of, I don't know if they've talked about this, you know, Justin Wilcox playing USC again um, and Clay Helton again, you know, someone that he ended up working for briefly, but uh, I don't know if that's come up at all. So it hasn't, and I'm not entirely sure it will because Wilcox is very loath to talk about things like that, such as when Cal was playing Oregon and Justin Herbert, who stories have said Justin Herbert is partially named after Justin Wilcox. Um, he wouldn't talk about that the other day. Someone was just joking if if Coach Wilcox reminds his secondary that he didn't give up a touchdown his entire senior year. And his response is, you know, players don't want to hear about what their coaches did, what they've done. Um, and he just he doesn't like talking about anything other than Cal football. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, this is a, a three four defense. Probably. Would you say the strength right now is the is the secondary on the defensive side? And it's hard because, yeah, I think the strength is the secondary. They are still a pretty young group. Um, you know, they've got a guy in Cam Bynum who I think is one of the most talented cornerbacks in the conference against Washington state. Um, Gardner Mishnu targeted Cam Bynum four times. Uh, one pass was caught and it was for negative two yards. Wow! So people aren't throwing against Cam Bynum and for, for good reason. And, you know, Jalen Hawkins has the, the three interceptions. They've got a really talented safety in Ashton Davis, who um, people just think is only going to get better and better and better. He's also the uh, one of the returners and is a former hurdler. So it's always fun watching him return and trying to figure out which guy he's going to try to hurdle in which game. Um, so it is, it's, it's a very, very talented secondary. And I think the secondary in the inside linebackers are kind of the, the dominant forces on this defense. We talked uh, preseason. Um, we felt that it's going to be a, a fairly well-disciplined team. They should be pretty good with the the penalties and the turnovers. Obviously, there's been a bunch of turnovers on the offensive side. How's the defense? I mean, I know the defense have scored some points. How have they been on turnovers, and how's the penalty situation been overall? Um, the penalty situation overall, kind of earlier in the season and, and middle of the season, especially in those three losses, I think against Arizona, um, the offense had 10 penalties. There was a penalty on each member of the offensive line. Wow. Uh, and <laughs> you, Wilcox as a whole is a pretty even keeled guy. But when he talks about penalties, he gets as fiery as you can imagine. He hates them. He hates them. Um, after the Oregon State win, you know, 49-7, big win, kind of unemotional about it, not over-the-top excited anything. And then he's asked about the targeting call, and he says that is completely unacceptable and just he hates the penalties and the team knows that. And the last couple of weeks, the team has been a lot better, but whenever there is a mistake, he will still at practice, always call it out and remind people. Yeah. Well, let's not forget about this penalty that cost us and moved them there. And it just, he hates them. And so the team has gotten a little bit better, but I'm not entirely sure he'll be happy until there are no penalties ever on the team. <laughs> um, not happened at the Pac-12. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Uh, but he just he he's so anti-penalty and really is working with the team to to clean those up, um, which I think is big. Uh, last thing, special teams. I want to talk to you about that group. Yeah. What's uh, what's 
anything standing out there? How's that unit performed this year? They have a great punter in Stephen Coots, who has been doing, um, you know, pinning guys inside the 20, just really smart punting and has, has really kind of limited what the opposing offenses have, like where they've been able to start um, and, and struggling there and whatnot. They did not have the best game last weekend, just as a whole, the unit didn't. Um, they were... Um, you know, they gave up a long kickoff return or a long return at right before halftime that allowed Washington state to get three points. Um, and they didn't, they didn't fair catch the last kickoff. So just, it was kind of a a weak performance from that group as a whole. And I would say that that's kind of uncharacteristic for, for the special teams. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how this ends up playing out. Um, you know, I, I, what it's how it's been like fifteen years, right? I forget what their exact number is, but Cal hasn't beat USC in like fifteen years or something. Yeah, and if you talk to Cal fans, that feels more like two hundred years. <laughs> well, I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, there's. I think there's a real opportunity uh, here. Yeah, be able to hold both Washington and Washington State. I mean, you know, under thirty points combined is pretty, that's pretty good. Especially when you're looking at Washington State's offense and before the game, I'm looking at all the numbers like, he throws for how many yards a game? Yeah. It's like 400 yard games are just like a walk in the park for me yeah. too, you know? Yeah, of course. And Cal's like, can we have a 200 yard game? That'd be great kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm. I, do you have any gut feeling on how this one's going to go? Or Oh, I think Cal can do it. I do. Um, I think that they very well might. I think that they seem to respond pretty well to the loss against Washington state. Um, I think a lot of it will. And I think that this defense is just as fired up as you can imagine at this point, they're just, and and they're not frustrated because I think you hear everyone talk and there's very much, Oh, you know, we're we're one team. We're not blaming the other side after every time, um, you know, you talk to the defense, you're like, you guys had a great game. And they'll be like, Mm, but do you see all the stuff we messed up on? And it's very much a culture of not being happy, not being satisfied. Um, and so I think that this team really does believe in itself. And I think that if Garbers, they just use Garbers and they can limit the turnovers and can just put some points on the board because they've had some trouble in the red zone. I think that that this could be the year that Cal is able to beat USC. Yeah, no, I, I'm... I could see that happening. I don't really have a great gut feeling which way that's yeah. going to go. Uh, the The issue I have is that the Pac-12 does some of its members, uh, pre- pretty much depending on when, no favor. So going back to back, you know, Washington, Washington State, and USC, the final two yeah. games on the road, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask, you know, um, of a team. And I, USC is – still really talented and we we've seen them make some adjustments on the offensive side of the ball getting rid of neil calloway clay helton calling the plays you don't really get a feel for how that effective that was i know it was only one week because they played oregon state and you could you know it was just like it was almost like there was no defense or something it was ridiculous just what they were able to do third it was third and 16 they just like ran off tackle and got 15 yards and then like, oh, we might as well go for it on fourth down. Um, so it wasn't really a great test. So I'm yeah. really, I, all I want to watch is how this USC offense looks against the Cal defense. And if, if USC scores like 35 points, like I'm not going to be shocked just because like they're a really talented team, 
Yeah. But I kind of think it's going to, if it's going to be in the teens, then I think it's Cal's game because it's yeah. USC just hasn't been able to win games like that. So we'll, we'll see, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to watching this one. No, it, it should be an interesting game. And, you know, as you're looking for your offense, I'm trying to figure out what in the world Cal's offense is going to do just because, you know, last week the offensive line didn't have its greatest performance. And it does hurt because the team lost probably its most talented guy out for the year with an injury and now has a freshman left tackle playing. Oh, okay. Um, he's been, I mean, he even before I was came and, and started covering Cal, I was asking um, Brandon Huffman and, and Greg Biggins, who guys to look out for on Cal's freshman class were going to be. And they both said, watch Will Craig. He's a stud. And Will Craig has been a stud. Um, he did have a costly penalty against Washington State for a chop block, but they could not be higher on him. And so it is kind of interesting just because left tackle is a pretty important position. Sure. <laughs> and, and they do have a, a young guy in there. Um, so it's just watching what Garbers can do in, in pocket protection and whether or not they can get Pat Laird going just because Pat Laird is very talented and has not had the kind of season that many expected him to be able to have. Yeah. Running back. I like him a lot. Former yeah. walk on. Um, he is one of the greatest stories. I just, my dad, I'm someone who loves just cool stories in sports, just finding the athletes who, who might not be the most talented guy or whatever. But, um, Pat Laird did start going around to elementary schools to encourage them to read over the summer. And then if you read a certain number of books, you got tickets to Cal's game against UNC. And he would go around and speak at elementary schools and is now on the all state good works team and whatnot. But his website is one of my favorites. It's walk on then run. Because he was a walk on, <laughs> running at Cal. See how clever he is. Nice, that's clever. Yeah, <laughs> he's just one of those people who, in terms of just being one of the good guys, you you like seeing him him be successful. Okay, here's my gut. Uh, yeah. Okay, I think. I think this is what I think. I think Cal goes with one quarterback. I think it's going to be Chase Garbers all the way. All right, that's just my gut feeling. Yeah. And that's what's gonna. That could be the spark. I, I think, and I was talking to one of Cal's wide receivers, Maurice Ways, or it's funny, whenever I write his name on one of our stories, he's Mo Ways, but I always have <laughs> to go in and like change the tag on him because the site doesn't have him listed as Mo Ways. Um, and as you might imagine, people have lots of fun with the name Mo Ways, yeah, Mo Ways yeah. to score a touchdown, Mo <laughs> Ways to do this. Um, and I was asking you know, with the two quarterbacks, has it been hard to get into any sort of rhythm? And, you know, before quickly giving me the PR speak, he did say that it has been a little tough just finding a rhythm. Um, so I think that just going with Garbers, everyone knowing, hey, Garbers is the guy we're going with Garbers that that could help the offense. You know, and even though my gut saying that my gut towards football coaches who can be very stubborn Tells yeah. me the exact opposite. So <laughs> when there's something that is so obvious that every fan in the stands can see it, and and that's that means everybody's telling the coach, whatever the coach is, whatever the thing is, why are you playing him over this guy or whatever it is, they always want to push back and like show you how smart they are because look, no, the decision I made 
<laughs> eight weeks ago or whatever it was the right one. It will prove out, you know, and then they'll to a fault. We, we David Shaw do stuff stuff like that all yeah. the time. I think last year he wouldn't play KJ Costello against Oregon State. Uh, they played Paul, you know, uh, it was a Paul Chris like the whole time. And like yeah. even the sideline reporter asked, like, "Hey, are you going to see KJ Costello?" And he gave this like smirk, like, "Yeah, you know." And it was just like you could tell, like he didn't want to because he knew he knows everybody wanted him to, and they almost lost that game. It was fifteen to fourteen or something. And yeah. coaches do that, so yeah. maybe they don't. Maybe they keep rolling them in there and get a couple extra turnovers that you don't need. I don't know, but my, I'm going to go with my gut that they go chase Garbers the whole way. We'll. I'll, I'll be watching that closely. It was funny. I think even before McElwain threw that costly interception you talked about earlier, you know, Cal's on the 12 yard line after a long drive by Garbers. They bring McElwain in and everyone like that was just not, not a good decision <laughs> on that throw. Um, and it is always hard because then McElwain, you can tell when he comes into the press conference and, you know, bless his heart for answering the questions, but his eyes are a little red and you just kind of, you feel for him. But even before that pick, I think I tweeted like, I know I'm not a, football coach or anything, but I'm pretty sure they shouldn't be using both Garbers and McElwain. So (laughs) kind of thinking that, huh, maybe I'm feeling a little smarter than the coaches here or something. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, obviously it's not an easy job to be a coach and it's, you know, you got to look at everything, Yeah, but sometimes there's just really simple decisions and they just get it wrong. And this is, I mean, no question you're getting this wrong. Like the the numbers are ridiculous. Um, But having that, that would have been a huge high-profile win. If you can beat Washington Washington State, you're driving yeah. in the fourth quarter yeah. to take the lead on Washington State. Yeah. And the only reason you didn't score is because you switched quarterbacks. Yeah. That's probably something that comes back to the meeting and go, okay, we got to reevaluate this. So right. that, that might be the that might be the rock bottom. That's all I'm thinking about. But yeah. I don't know. And we'll then, see. You have to bring the defense back on the field and the defense is thinking, hey, we're gonna get some points. We're gonna we're gonna go up here and then you bring them back on and um then you know you have one of the most effective passing offenses in the country against kind of a tired Cal defense. And, um, you know, they actually did some weird things at cornerback last week, including Washington state's touchdown drive in the first half. They had Cal for the entire drive had Bynum and Hawkins on the sideline. And they didn't really explain why, Hmm. um, but they had two of their top guys. And as a result, the guy who really bore the brunt of, the passing attempts was Josh Drayden, who again got picked on on that final drive, and uh, then Cal just couldn't pull it off. And then Cal's fourth quarter play calling was just weird. Like, you know, you just have to you get the ball, you just have to run the clock down, and whatnot in this situation. And then you throw, you run for four yards with Laird, and then you try two deep passes. And this is not a deep threat offense, and the guys who were targeted weren't deep threat pass catchers. So it just Again, that was really confusing about what Baldwin was trying to do there. Yeah, and it was a really good point you brought up with, you know, obviously turnover, it's a sudden change. But as a defense, you're feeling like, hey, we're going to get the lead. And I think if you trot the defense out there, even if it's just a field goal, it's now 16-13. I think you're going to see a different sort of effort than, oh, man, they turned it over again. Yep. And they give up a, you know, a long touchdown drive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and in, in this Cal defense is, you know, certainly doing its part. One of my favorite things in last game was um, Evan Weaver's interception. It was his second interception. He had one against Washington that he returned for a touchdown. But his interception actually came after he had a play that he should have picked off the ball. 
So I was tweeting something about, oh, Weaver needed to have that. And then all of a sudden, next play, I was like, well, he had that one. I guess he was the kind of guy who's like, don't worry, guys. Next one I got. I got the next one and literally had the next one. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Shannon, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Shannon Carroll, follow on Twitter at BYS Carroll uh, from BearTerritory.net. Uh, thanks so much uh, for uh, sharing your insights and talking about the Cal Bears. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Special thanks to Shannon Carroll for joining the show and uh, talking about uh, the Bears. I am really curious to see what happens this weekend. There was a couple questions you guys had sent in. I thought I would uh, take a shot at answering them before we let you go. Uh, we didn't get as many questions this week because it was, you know, Oregon State week and there wasn't really all that much to talk about. Last week, obviously, there was a lot of news. Uh, not so much this week. There are a bunch of injuries and we kind of talked about those on uh, the Dan Weber, Keely, your show we did yesterday. So if you want to some of the newsy stuff, if you want to get into that, you can listen to the previous episode. Uh, just a few questions. Don wrote in. I went to a high school game on Friday. They videoed the game from the end zone. When the offense left the field, the entire offensive line uh, went to the monitor with their coach and they watched the tape and mistakes, missed assignments, et cetera, were pointed out during the game. The offensive line looked more efficient as the game went on. Does USC do anything comparable during the game? Um, that's a good question. I There's limitations before you could, I know that in the NFL too, you could watch, you weren't allowed to like review video. They would have like still pictures now I think there's uh, you can have tablets and stuff on the sideline, and you can kind of look through stuff that way. I, I, I'm sorry, Don, off the top of my head, I don't know what the exact uh, rule is and what they can do uh, at halftime. But I, I think just like viewing tape is not something you're uh, allowed to do. It would be a pretty big – I think that would be a huge help. But I, I my understanding is you can't do that, but I will try to find out and double-check for you. So – Sorry about that. Okay. Um, Jack from New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> Jack wrote in and, okay, so here's the thing. We're Like we said, I don't think that USC is going to be having a head coaching search after the season, but we still get a whole lot of these um, uh, suggestions and stuff. He suggested Greg Schiato, who's, and Greg, no, no Jack, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Uh, Tennessee was going to hire him and, the fan base shut it down. I, I think that's something that wouldn't work. And like I said, um, you know, USC's not it doesn't look at right now, barring some sort of collapse, um, that that would uh, the USC would have something like that. And then uh, another Jeff wrote in. He's <laughs> about following my rules. Um, yeah, I put some rules out there before uh about you know basically if you want to hire a, a, a head coach at usc at some point you want them to have head coaching experience in college so been a successful college head coach before very successful and someone without ties to usc uh he's recommending paul christ in this email and uh in this email wisconsin's head coach uh, i think he's more of a wisconsin guy to be honest but um yeah, we'll see. I don't know. But Jeff, we're not, I don't want to be talking about coaching candidates and stuff uh, right now because, you know, that's not, I don't think that's going to be uh, happening. All right. So I think that that'll wrap it up uh, from here. The uh, it's homecoming, everybody. So hopefully you go out there and have a good time, get there early. It's a late game, late kickoff. 
uh, 7.30. So you should have plenty of time to get out there and tailgate and enjoy yourself. Uh, like I said before, this is my 25th reunion. I will not be uh, going out there and working. I'm just going to go out and have fun, enjoy the game. So maybe I'll see you on campus before tailgating with some of my friends from college. And uh, we have our our class reunion tailgate to go to uh, on campus too. So I'll be, I'll be wandering around, probably go by the USC psycho tailgate and stuff. So come say hello. If you uh, see me wandering around and uh, yeah, I can go have, I'm going to go have fun this weekend. I never, you never get to do this for games. People are like, you know, people show up like an hour before kickoff and they're like, Hey, can we meet up? I'm like, yeah, I've been in the press box for two hours already. So no, um, but this time I can. So <laughs> I'll be out there wandering around campus and stuff. So it should be a good time. But um, really appreciate uh, everyone listening here to us at the Parastel Podcast. Thanks again to Shannon Carroll for coming on and previewing Cal. I uh, hope you guys enjoy homecoming weekend, and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Parastel Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.